0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You know they say that romance and gaming is rough. That the dice are the only thing that talks. But every time I sit down at the table and talk to that special NPC, I, I just get that feeling, that connection that romance. So tonight, Sarah and Rob are going to open the book, that book on romance. So sit close, light the fire, and listen well. And welcome to this edition of the Storyteller Conclave. After Dark. Seven. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 41 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level, I am Sarah. I'm Rob. Hi, Rob. Hey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We had to give you guys a little bit of something for that one. So, yes, today we are going to talk about romance. Um, But... I, I kind of want to open with a little bit of a disclaimer because there's a lot of pieces that we're going to be going over tonight. But I, – and I I kind of actually am pulling this disclaimer from uh, one of the sites that I will be listing out uh, in some links later. Um, but we are going to be talking about a the intellectual dance that is romance. We are not recommending um, as our own opinions that – there should be any sexual relations that are included um or deserving any kind of show in a game session. Um I, I, And I particularly don't think anyone should ever have their own fantasies brought up in at any tabletop.
0: Yeah, it it
1: gets weird real quick. So just straight up disclaimer, we are not going to be discussing that. That is not where the direction of this This show is about matters of the
0: heart, not matters of the rights.
1: And and we're going to break it down in a couple different ways um, to to kind of it because really there's two aspects to this. But just be clear. We're talking about the intellectual kind. We're talking about where it fades to black and horses are riding off into the sunset kind of a thing on a beach. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that's as far as it goes. So. That being said, here we go. (laughs) Romance. Now, this one's a little bit of your baby here. It is. It Uh, is. Um, I've danced with this in a couple of my games. Uh, Seventh Sea is chock full of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, There's a lot of uh, game systems that have aspects of it, uh, but most of it is the first part, and that's why I'm going to split this, and we're going to talk about the first part and get it out of the way, and Mm -hmm. that is... By the dice, and that's anything that has a tangible effect in game terms. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, 7th C has dangerous beauty, yeah, and and it literally has a written dialogue that uh about it that talks about how you are dangerously seductive, and that adds to your ability in anything where you're doing seduction roles. Mm-hmm. That's a role in 7th C, yeah, but it's also. Uh, an effect that happens in game. You want to get by a guard. You can use seduction. Mm-hmm. You want to have something happen uh, in your favor um, with a duke or or a, or a duchess or anyone. You can you we can make seduction rolls. We've had players who literally have rolled those types of dice and completely changed the direction of a scene because they were able to manipulate somebody using seduction mm-hmm. as a roll. Um, and so that's really where those kind of things where you're, uh, even in, I would say in, uh, uh, D&D fifth edition, um, using charm, uh, in a seductive way is still a skill-based role. You're sure. still acting, uh, you're manipulating in a direction, and therefore it is dice hitting the table to affect, uh,
0: an action. Like, like a, like a deception check? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Or intimidation? But yeah, not a strength-based intimidation, but but a but a, a definitely charisma like yeah, I am, I am way too hot for you and out of your league sort of right. intimidation. Right. Step off. Yeah. I mean it's it's the whole
1: like I'm looking at somebody across the bar mm-hmm. and they start walking toward me. I roll intimidation so that that guy literally looks back at his drink and ignores me because I am way over a 10 for him. Uh-huh. You know, that kind <laughs> of a thing, you know. And that's again by the dice. And I think that there's a place for that in almost every game system. And I think it can be role played very lightly and very comically in some ways, mm-hmm. um, but also with a lot of uh, a, a lot of the same vigor that um, we we flourish our attacks sure, and things sure. like that. Because again, we're affecting the scene and we're saying what we're doing
0: in a small term uh, and rolling some dice to see if it works. We were we were talking earlier about my character using this very move um, all the time in your Seven C game of uh you know walking up all seductively showing a little uh, little skin and getting in close enough to yeah. the un- the unwitting guard to yep. pull a gun on him and then marveling at how that always works. Yeah, it's you know? it's an ambush attempt yeah. effectively that
1: happens at point blank range. Mm-hmm. I-, I totally believe again, it's by the dice. Yeah. Now, but it's not romance. It is not romance. Yep. It is definitely not romance, but that is often a distinction. So now We're going to step into the other side of that and that is where it comes into the story. And this is where storytellers – and I'm going to stay from that aspect right now. We're not going to talk about player-to-player interaction because I think that is something to be discussed and we'll kind of go over it. But we're going to keep away from that. Um, The idea of bringing romance into your game um, is something that needs to be handled delicately. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm pulling a quote from uh, uh, Delphin Lynx, uh, who said uh, regarding uh, regard to romance and RPGs is that in most cases people are are at best mildly embarrassed by roleplaying such scenarios. This isn't particularly surprising. It is likely the GM is someone they are in reality not at all romantically interested in. Further, such scenarios, even in cases of people who have gone through it in reality, tend to always develop a contrived cliché and uncomfortable feeling to them, which leads to the scenario being dropped. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's true. Like if your storyteller is a friend of yours mm-hmm. or a friend of a friend even and he's seducing you through an NPC, mm-hmm.
0: it's awkward like that situation can be very awkward depending on who's at your table because there's always that I mean sure you can get in you can get really into character but at yeah. the end of the day that's still bob flirting with jason yeah. and you're like okay guys yeah. <laughs> yeah. you you okay over there so <laughs> so i would
1: say there's a couple questions to ask and these come up a lot of times um, and that is first off should i include it at all mm-hmm. and the real answer is does it fit with the theme Does it fit with the feel and design of the world? Does it fit with the system? Yeah. Like ignore your players for just a minute and think about what kind of world you have. I mean if the world doesn't need necessarily seduction in it, it is not something that should pop up. Like you don't need to include it. It's something that happens but it's it's not something that is in the purview of the story. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, action movies all the time try to throw in like – sex
0: and romance but it sometimes feels really awkward in an action movie and completely unnecessary completely unnecessary especially when things are blowing up and then all of a sudden these two characters are like i love you exactly you've known each other for 15 minutes right okay right and and
1: on the other hand you get something like james bond Mm -hmm. which is set up a unbelievable number of scenarios where you know there's always going to be a Bond woman Mm -hmm. and he's always going to do something you know that gets her going or he's going to have to seduce her to get to a direction of something and it's just part of that theme and story and Again, both of us are feeling the same way. Like, yeah, it's gonna happen. It's like, just, there's nothing great about it's it. It's written f- form at this time. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's sad to its own degree. And they've mm-hmm. slowly moved away from that little by little. Mm-hmm. It is not nearly as bad or contrived as it used to be. It feels like the relationships have much more meaning to the story and come from a place that seemed to have, and that's just better writing. Yeah, and you feel that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um. So should you include it? I think then steps into will your players
0: participate? Or is this going to make everybody just uncomfortable? Right. And that's, that's really the big clincher right there because whether or not you think it fits or whether you should put it in as part of your story means utterly nothing if your players are not into it, you know. And there's, um, something you were also mentioning too earlier about the, uh, um, the awkwardness of, uh, you know, having your in-game relationships when you may have objections from people out of game. You know, like, oh, yeah. if your wife, you know, is at the table, yeah, or maybe if she's not even at the table, yeah, she just doesn't like the fact that your character has a girlfriend and that you're going to be role playing a romantic attachment, you know, yeah, whether it's a fictional character or not,
1: yeah, like. You wrote into you know you wrote into the story with the the, with the the GM that your character has a love interest Mm -hmm. who's you know maybe working for the Mm villainess you know or the villain and that's a love interest that the that the narrator now or storyteller now has to bring in Mm -hmm. that's awkward as hell yeah like sorry like you you, you've got other people at the table that's just weird Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's it you just need to make sure you. Well, regardless, you have to communicate with your group and lay out the groundwork. Right. Now, if you have an established group who are comfortable with this Mm -hmm. and you're – I'm going to use the term adult Mm -hmm. uh, enough or mature enough to be able to move past that it is something corny or cliché. What are some reasons – why would you have relationships with NPCs? Now, the first thing that we thought of – when we when we talk about this is situations like in the case of 7C where you have star-crossed it's an actual defined flaw in the game and that is that you constantly are falling in love or being in relationships mm-hmm. that don't work out you know whether the person that you uh the person that you're with ends up being a scoundrel and doing something terrible in the story or the person that you're with ends up getting captured or any number of reasons, it has to – it relates to it as a flaw to you, a character flaw.
0: Isn't that what I had in the first half of your campaign? Yeah, you did. Yeah, OK. Yeah. So –
1: it, it it was a flaw.
0: Madeline and Helmut.
1: Yes. So <laughs> – Yep. But it's a flaw and that is something that mm-hmm. we think about is like anytime we have a relationship in, in all the stories we watch and mm-hmm.
0: everything that we read, it becomes a liability. Yep so let me let me give that example then yeah uh so my character had that in the in the, the first first part of his seven c game um that kind of took place uh, uh we were like what uh, the, the the characters were like fourteen years old or something like yes that. like yes it was very young um but uh Helmut was uh my uh character's uh young puppy love interest that um sort of became a uh a rival to me um we were those we were that couple who constantly uh Uh, had professional differences, even if we did have romantic entanglements. Yes. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we fought tooth and nail on a business level. (laughs) Right. So when, when characters write things like that Mm -hmm. into their
1: backgrounds, Mm -hmm. I think that does give the storyteller access to cause liability. Mm-hmm. Okay, for their player or sure. for their character, cause a weight. Because again, there's a cost that's associated with that, but it's not an active cost in the game. Mm-hmm. It's a resource. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's something that they are aware of. No different than if they said, hey, you know, uh, I, I I'm a shop owner. Great. Mm-hmm. You have a shop you have to maintain. That shop could get robbed. That shop could have any number of things happen to yep. it. Yep. Um, but the benefits of that background give you something. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to be talking about Actual in game in story events. Yep. So if you link yourself to an NPC, whether it's through a uh, hand fasting or some kind of an arrangement that's happening, mm-hmm. that is to be something that is positive And that I think should be reinforced. Yeah. It, it is going to give you a direct benefit. And I don't think it should have negative costs associated with it yeah, because ha-
0: you're, you're playing into the story. Technolich brings up the uh, the the true love merit again in, uh, in World yeah. of Darkness, and uh yeah, I mean he put he put it in giant air quotes or, or giant quotes too, like be, because that's how I've, we. I mean, every yeah. I think it's universal. I yeah. pr- I pretty much think it's universal because like I did not you know know Technolich twenty years ago when I was you know first playing World of Darkness for the fir- you know for, uh, for right. real big for the first time there, right. and even then we would joke about you know the true love flaw, yeah. It's like a five point merit that's supposed to give you a bank of well of willpower that you can you know you Mm -hmm. you have true love in your life which is such a cool thing in this in this world of darkness and you know so you can tap into that for extra willpower when you know you're trying to save your loved one or something like that but no instantly it just gives the storyteller someone to kidnap someone to abuse.
1: Yeah, it's a merit and should be carried as a merit and because of that, it should give you other benefits and these are just some of the ones that I literally found very supportive online and Mm -hmm. I will give you guys some of these. For instance, whenever you're married – whenever you're connected with somebody, you're connected with a community attached to them, Mm -hmm. whether it's their family, whether it's the guilds they're involved with because that connection carries weight. Yeah, Like I'm sorry as much as I – and I don't hate my family in any way but – As much as anybody says like, oh, my dad called me. I have to go over and mow his lawn. You're going to go mow his lawn. Yeah, He's connected to you. He's family. It's just the way things go, Mm -hmm. right? You you may begrudge it. And likewise, if my sister calls me and tells me that my brother-in-law needs me for something, I may not like him. I do. He's a really cool guy. But if I had a problem with him, I would still do it because of my sister. I'm sad. You've been summoned for a side
0: quest and think of the XP.
1: Correct. So (laughs) – so that's where it's – that's where you have to understand that the family and community definitely will give you a benefit because mm-hmm. a duke will still – even if that duke hates you and the things that you stand for, because you're betrothed to his daughter, he's going to bend.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: he's going to – because you're connected to him. He has, he has no choice. You know there There's a piece to that. So that's why it's a merit when it happens in game in my eyes. If you're making an active move to it where it's not – you're not doing something subversive in the story. You're yeah. Literally making a connection with something that is attached to the story on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, those NPCs have specialized knowledge and resource. They're not just a dumb object floating out there that doesn't do anything. Like, yeah, if you get connected and she's a librarian, great. Now you have access to a library. She can go look stuff up for you. Yep. you know, like I was saying, you might actually try and court the this this secretary and come to find out that the person that she's a secretary for is actually one of the main villains. Mm-hmm. Like now you got some access there. Granted, she's going to be kind of concerned all the time with what she's doing, but she's a trusted ally of him, and now she's in love with you.
0: Great, you know, a surprise tool that will help us later. <laughs> exactly. So that. Definitely should give you benefits. We we talked a bit about uh, I think that that sort of same concept when we were – um I, I want to say it was like a question we got asked mm-hmm. not not even like an episode topic but it was talking about um, NPC followers. And kind of using those as off um resources where yeah. you could, you know, menial tasks that you don't want to define, you know, yep. that you don't want to want to spend time at game with. Yep. You know, you want to be out doing the big, bold, dramatic adventure. But, you know, an NPC and, and in this could be very well someone's spouse or someone's betrothed girl, yep. you know, uh, a special, you know, someone, whatever. You run your shop. Yeah, exactly. Tend to your farms. Deal with letters to your family. Do research for you, Um. you know buy items while you're while you're out, you know, things like that. I think it's a great idea.
1: Yes. So, continuing along that, mm-hmm. they care about you. Yes. Like you go and get captured or are in a,
0: you know, maybe you're stuck in a situation they're going to come find you. This one I love. Th- this makes sense. I absolutely love the idea of this, of just thinking like you know the, the whole group has been captured by the villain. Sure. And they're locked away in some stinky dungeon somewhere. Yep. And they're all planning their escape. And like every escape attempt just seems bleak mm-hmm. and hopeless. And they're drawing the short straw as to who's going to sacrifice themselves. Right, so, you right. know Because one of them has to die to be able to get, get out of here. Or right, something right, like right. That. And then all of a sudden – like you hear a thud and an oof and a clatter of armor and then down the hall comes creeping John's wife yeah <laughs> with with a sword and some ill-fitting ramshackle armor going "John are you in here?" <laughs> exactly Betty, where the hell did you come from? She's like, well, (laughs) I had to fight my way through some guards. It was scary. But I think these are the keys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, or if that's
1: not the type of person it is, there's nothing to say that they wouldn't use all their resources to get maybe their dad, maybe the duke, pull their favors. Maybe they hire some mercenaries. Exactly. So now you've got a group of mercenaries who show up like in black armor and bail you out and they're like, how did you guys get here? It's a long story. We'll talk to the captain. You get out there to the captain of the ship, and you realize that's the cousin of your wife, right? You know, it's like I spent a lot of money to get these guys on this boat. Okay. And so get the them bad here.
0: news is our Disneyland trip is off. Exactly. <laughs> the good news is I got you out of prison. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what happened to the shop? I sold everything. What happened to the
1: farm? I had to sell that too. You know. <laughs> what do we still have? I still have your favorite dog. Good enough. Good we'll enough. make it through this. Good enough. <laughs> you know. But that's the kind of things, um, and. And because of that, those people also will know you better. Mm -hmm. And this is where some aspects of role play can change. And I, when I saw this, this, this idea that the, that your connection, the person you, that you're connected with through this romantic means knows you as well as, as, as you know it, almost better than you know yourself. Mm -hmm. They're like another storyteller that you can bounce things through. Mm -hmm. If you're having a crisis of faith, you know, write them a letter. You know, they'll respond to you. Yeah, They'll encourage you. They'll give you, you know, insight on things, you know, and that right there. Makes, I mean, one of the favorite things that my dad used to get and it's it's totally role play as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he years ago uh, was uh, signed up for this like it was like five dollars, you know, in this little thing and uh, Jack Daniels would give you land. Oh. that they had and. Every couple months, he would get a letter from the curator of the land about his one square foot of property – (laughs) <laughs> and it would be stories like a cow died on it. Oh god. You know, and they had to you know, so they had meat that showed up there, but after they found out whose farmer it was, they had to deal with a whole bunch of stuff and then the cleanup efforts and everything. So they would have sent you the quarter that would have been yours, uh, but unfortunately they had to resod the area that your one foot of property so it used up all the money and actually you owe them, but they're gonna wipe that off. <laughs> you know, but it was this beautiful story about what had happened That's to awesome. your land. That's awesome and that kind of thing, like when you can have those kind of connections with the PC, mm-hmm. it changes the timbre of their play. If you write them a letter and hand it to and say a courier delivered this to your uh, to the address, uh, that you know wherever you guys have been staying, mm-hmm. and they open up the letter and it's a letter from their loved one, yeah. and it talks about home and it talks about things that are going on and maybe a little bit of plot information that they had asked about, you know, and then you know leaves it open for them to write back. Yeah, you know, it's those kinds of. Of things that make
0: those scenarios feel real. That's kind of like what I was doing with the, uh, with the, with the Mages Guild NPCs Mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in my own game, you Mm -hmm. know, where I had, uh, uh, one of my characters expressed some romantic interest in an NPC. Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, scrabbled together a little love triangle where there was another character vying for his attention, but then there was another character vying for her attention. And so, you know, it it kind of got things a little mixed up, and it, and it was never a major plot or anything like that. It's not a, it's not a huge thing that consumes a lot of time at the table, but it does make those NPCs seem a lot more alive when you know. One is, you know, in a scene you've got one crying in the corner of the basement, exactly. You know, with a with a smashed uh, uh jewelry box mm-hmm. in front of her, going, she didn't like the gift, you right. know. And, and now the players who no, got all that together are like, oh my god, exactly. really? And now you've got this, you've got a, you've got one character who's like, oh, she smashed my jewelry box, you know, I hate her, and then another character who's like, I'm gonna get her a glass of wine. She clearly needs it. We'll have a chat, you know. But it deepens the even that little. Interaction deepens the bonds with those NPCs, and 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 gets things a lot more involved. And I think it's really great. Like you said, that that letter from home. Like man, if you did that in one of our games, man, I would just like I would die. I wouldn't even know what to do. I would just re. I would I would treasure that letter Mm -hmm. forever. Yeah, and. Again, it adds a level
1: of depth without it being
0: romantic to a degree. Right. You know, we and haven't, haven't had to involve sex. Haven't had to have no. deep, involved. You know, no. relationship. It just—it's just a letter. And just,
1: expanding on that, like you were saying, where mm-hmm. you have true love in some stories as a merit, that does give you something to live for. Yeah, it does push you. So when you have scenarios where your characters are down. And they get things like inspiration. It gives them something to be inspired by. Mm -hmm. So like your bard character at the last minute who's going to throw something like has no idea what to inspire by can literally look at them and say like, do this for Olivia. Yeah. Do this for your daughter. And suddenly, like now, that person has inspiration and a reason to be inspired mm-hmm. and to move through the scene. And as a storyteller, you're excited for that. You're wanting to watch that scene of progress course. in that direction. You know, if you have a player like in Seven C who you know wants to spend a drama die to ignore something that just had them mm-hmm. and grind out taking the wounds from it, but they want to ignore the other effects from it. If they throw the love card at me, that they're that they're doing this because they're surviving for their to find their or lo- padre beloved in
0: Greece. You know,
1: or exactly <laughs> like. That's where I'm totally gonna accept that. I'm gonna be like, you damn right yes. Give me the drama die. Yes. Right. You so without a doubt, you literally spat blood back at them. Uh-huh. You know, like, nice try, try again. You know? <laughs> we have you
0: outnumbered four to one. That doesn't seem fair. Go get some friends. Exactly. <laughs> like, those kinds of things
1: are, are 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 those moments.
0: And that's where you where you uh, you throw those moments of romance into the story. Techno, which know. adds in, of course, death cannot stop true love. Of course it can't. All it can do is delay it for a little bit. That's right. That's right. And it's that's the beauty of what romance mm-hmm. can do in your story. So but but please, but please. And I'm begging all of you in explicit terms. We're not even going to dance around it. Storytellers, if someone yeah. has a true love, loved one like that, let them have it. Yeah, Please.
1: Don't, don't punish them don't for Don't punish it. them for a merit. Don't punish them for a merit. Now, how do you do it? This is where things start to get into place. So number okay. one – Let's talk turkey. Tell your players you're doing it. Don't bring it in. Uh, it's You have to be upfront. Do not say that it's going to be an exploitable weakness, that mm-hmm. you're not going to do that. Like literally just – Just put it on the table that, hey, if you're going to have a relationship with one of the NPCs and we've already established that, great. It's going to be a positive thing. It's going to be challenging enough to get into that situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not going to be involving dice. This is pure role play. Like what you do with them as far as bartering or anything like that, sure. But if you're going to role play a romance with them and move in that direction and buy gifts or, you know, take them on dates or whatever like that to have those scenarios, It's going to be role play and it's going to become a benefit because you're investing the time to make that happen. Mm -hmm. I am not going to pull that rug out from underneath you. There are things will happen – that will be affecting them, you know. If the war comes through the town, the war comes through the town. But I'm not going to murder their character. You're going to find right. them dirty from the fires and helping people out and being supportive. But they're not going to be dead because mm-hmm. you don't do that
0: to a supporting actor, <laughs> right? Well, that that and, and just just the idea that they could be in danger should be enough of a driving force if exactly. they ro- if the romantic bond is strong enough, you know. Exactly. Like, oh God, we have to go back and save that village. It's in the path of the war. Correct. And and it shouldn't matter
1: you, you, the player shouldn't immediately go like well do they have powers no they're a person mm-hmm. you're, you're i mean granted there are some worlds where they're going to be different sure you know it depends on the game setting but They're going to be a mediocre NPC as far as all terms and conditions are. Mm -hmm. They're not going to suddenly sprout wings and become a goddess at any point in the game. You're not going to pull them directly into plot. Uh, How am
0: I even dating her then?
1: I know. I know. Well, again, if you're doing it for that reason, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So this is where you then can step into how do you make an NPC work. And this is where you can kind of sprinkle hooks out there Mm -hmm. so that each one of your NPCs that have the possibility – have one of these things you know or or sometimes multiple, they could just be single. that's it, simple yeah. as that like that's the easiest way to to set up a romantic hook it eligible
0: bachelor slash bachelorette
1: right um they could be some well defined social group mm-hmm. you know maybe those are expected to marry within that group you know uh unless it's like a a modernistic setting where it's you know it's whoever can get it but I mean, if your character's a noble, and that character's a noble, and you're both unwed, mm, that kind of puts you guys in a certain bracket. Mm -hmm. You know? Likewise, you're a merchant, that person's part of a different merchant class, it would be a wealthy thing for both families to get together, another good reason for it. You know? So those kind of situations definitely set themselves into those types of events. Potentially attractive. It doesn't mean that they're overpowering, you know, attractive, or something else, but it could be something, a personality quirk that Mm -hmm. is attractive, directs the character to them. Maybe your character is very interested in jewelry and gems and this person is a gem crafter Mm -hmm. and they specialize in making rings and necklaces and all of their stuff, all their adornments are gorgeous all the time. You're
0: interested in arcane secrets? They open portals to oblivion.
1: That could be a thing. Um, They could be really good at some thing that happens to life. Uh Maybe they're socially adept. Maybe they're really strong. You know, maybe they're very intelligent, uh, maybe they're emotionally intelligent, which is sometimes kind of hard to find in the world. Girls only like
0: guys that got skills, yep, you Nunchuk know skills, sword skills, bow staff skills,
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> i'm I'm hearing you, they also chick stick scars, go figure right right, um, but you know, maybe they're just really well connected, and that that is something that attracts your character, like, hey, I'm a bard, you know, you know everybody in town. This sounds like a really great. Way for me as a musician to suddenly, you know, now have connections everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and those kind of things. Um, so, as we as you step through these, think about other areas. Like for instance, they could be really bad at something, like really bad at it. Like maybe they're bad at social cues, or mm-hmm. they are frail, and those kind of things can definitely lead to your character being endeared to them and taking care of them. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people will uh draw themselves to people who need support. Your character is a caregiver character, they you see them as somebody who needs care and you and that becomes a relationship that mm-hmm. grows from there. A lot of time it is an injured person that in stories that gets connected to the person who's giving them care.
0: Right, but everybody loves that sort of lovable idiot though, you know. That's true. Like it's you know sort of adorable that you know they trip over their own feet. Oh, he's so cute, you know. Yeah. You know, and then
1: there's always the people who are just terrible at something. Yeah, You know, and you, you just feel for them, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're connected with them and you, you you end up having a relationship. Now, again, that relationship spectrum is quite large. It doesn't immediately have to go from zero to, you know, getting it on, you know, and having five kids. Oh, yeah. So yeah, keep yeah, in yeah. mind that romance is a spectrum. It is, it is not just a beginning and an instant end, nor it, does it have to grow so – When you're working with your players, understand that romance can be fleeting. It can be quick. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be just something that happens town to town. It can also be something that happens to your characters where people are drawn to them because of their charisma, their abilities. I mean – that's something that can happen, and then it's up to them whether or not they ad- adapt to that and move into those pieces.
0: Tagnolich was actually just bringing that up in the live chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, character uh, has an excellent reputation as an adventurer. They they could have uh, the equivalent of groupies, exactly, and that happens a lot, especially in in cases
1: where it's not necessarily even groupies. Just rich people are going to draw people who want to be close to the rich. Yes, in a lot of games. Yes, um, you have people who are. Uh, Present at scenarios and are are magnanimous. Those people are going to draw people as well. Mm -hmm. You know, no different that you're going to have. You know, if you've got a courtesan who is strikingly beautiful, she's going to have admirers who are going to throw roses at her and and be interested in her. And a few of those might actually be decently well suited suitors. That now that person has to kind of decide whether or not they're going to deal with that. And that would be true in a situation regardless of the uh, the setting, whether or not you're going to include or not include romance. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how far do you go with that. If you include romance, obviously you now have avenues for additional side plots. But if you don't, there's no question that that person can be like, you know, I, I don't accept suitors because you can't afford me. You know, those kind of moments, you know, and that the groupies are literally just that like, yeah, you just did an amazing performance and there's like nine, you know, uh, you know, maidens outside the window of the inn, you know, all swooning and passing out. That's not romance. That's an after effect. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. You know, you wake up in the morning and there are tissue, there's little handkerchiefs laying across every surface around your in room, you know, <laughs> whether it's the windowsill or the front thing, like they're shoved underneath the prim. Like you can't even open the door fully, kind of it's a, a medieval thing. Medieval version of taking your bra off and throwing it at a rock star. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know. So those kinds of things are are things that can happen prior to it being actively romantic in Mm -hmm. your campaign. The moment you start having interactions between PCs and NPCs uh, that go beyond just a a simple interaction is when romance comes into it and when – Discussions need to be definitely made. Sure, sure. And it should be made well before that interaction occurs.
0: And I mean the golden rule for everything, of course, is always communication.
1: Completely. Like we'll never stop saying that mm-hmm. because you just need to do it. Like if you're not communicating with your players about these types of things, you're you're creating a disservice for yourself as a storyteller. Yeah. So.
0: I'm, I'm actually reminded of uh, – you know, this is my obligatory critical role mm-hmm. reference for the, uh, for the, for the thing. And you know, everybody – they're, they're they're celebrities now you know we can't, we can't oh, yeah. really argue with that oh yeah. um and you know a lot of people look up to that as like you know kind of an uh, a, a sort of picturesque uh group but when romance started budding in their in their group in the first campaign like it was kind of alarming to them in that like uh i think it was uh vaxeldon you know and he like kisses ke oh, sorry spoilers for, for for season one uh he, like kisses Keleth, and then all of a sudden it's like Holy crap, like did that just happen? Like you can do that? That that can be part of the game? Romance can be part of the game. What? Mm-hmm. Um but you know, out of game though, they all checked with each other. Like the, yeah. these weren't this was this was Liam O'Brien and Marisha Ray. Marisha right. Ray, who's married to Matt Mercer. Which and let's you know? let's pause for a second here on yeah.
1: on just that action alone. Right. Now and, now I don't know because I don't watch the side sure, things. Sure, sure. Did they bring it up in their sideline discussions about how things happen?
0: Well, that's that's what I was just going to get okay, into. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that you know out of out of game? You know mm-hmm. that there was a d- immediate discussion that took place of like, was that cool? Okay, you know, or does that need to be a a, that was a scene that happened, and then you know we'll we'll deal with it, but we'll walk away from it. Right, right, right. You know, and everybody was like, no, that's that's cool. Like that that's a that's a valid story to tell, and as long as we're all comfortable with it. And then you know, as the season progressed and stuff like that, like another romance came up. Mm -hmm. uh, Vexalia and Percy Mm -hmm. got together. Sure, Um, there was another romance, but again, more talking of like, is this cool? Mm -hmm. Because like, uh, Vexalia was played by Laura Bailey, married to Travis Willingham. Right. Sitting at the same table, right. Watching her, and and they got. I say more graphic. Graphic is not really the word because it was never R-rated necessarily, sure. but there was definitely some PG thirteen things that happened. Which I mean, they're a show. I'm just going to say that right now. Right, right. There, there was situations that unfolded that were never on screen, but heavily implied what was going on. You know, right? Uh, but and I think there's a certain aspect of that that can be played out. But again, this was all with open communication right. everybody was like you have you have full right to pull the plug if you're ever uncomfortable with this right. you know mm-hmm. and and as it turned out everybody was a big fan of everybody's on paper relationships and those relationships stayed on paper never left the paper right and
1: i think I think that as a group plays together longer, they get comfortable with who each other are and where those boundaries can set and how comfortable they are with them. I think that, uh, like, no different our group that we game with. We have mm-hmm. a pretty set group, a couple people interchange in and out every sure. once in a while. You know, not quite unlike anything else we've ever seen in some of these larger groups. Um, but we're comfortable with each other to a point where. Like I can include a level of romance in the game Mm -hmm. that is very fleeting and very quick. But we all know that probably it's for the best that I don't have direct character to character and NPC to character reactions. Mm -hmm. You know, that anything that's there are going to be very light and very simple and not include anything that it has direct interaction. Yeah. Because there are concerns between people at the table Mm -hmm. and I'm – Perfectly fine with that. Yeah. We, it's, it's been just understood that that's the way it is. So, um, but that's what you need to discuss with your. That's what you need to get through with everybody else, um, and define with them so that there's never a point where someone is too
0: uncomfortable. You don't push past that boundary. Right. Right. And the other the other thing too that I wanted to bring up with that was was like the the fade to black. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, if it ever does end up going that direction, where you know two characters are going to, shall we say, retire for the evening, um, you know, you just just fade the scene to black. Yeah. you don't need to go into detail of what is going on in that bedroom. You just say, okay, you two head upstairs, and you hear a giggle as you know as as, as you as you reach the top, and that's it, like literally it. You know, every, everything else could be completely, you know, implied as to what happened up there. You, you exactly. know what happened up there. exactly, and like there was an instance, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't
1: consider this romance, kind of this groupy kind of thing. Sure, uh, one of the play- one of the characters, Pablo, mm-hmm. um, is rich. Mm-hmm. He's good looking, mm-hmm. and is you know is a, is a swordsman. And so as the uh, as the campaign was going. Women were effectively throwing themselves at him Mm -hmm. at different points in time. And I never once role played any of those scenarios beyond, like, oh, you know, at this inn they recognize you. You know, oh, the bath is ready for you. We'll make sure that, you know, you have the towels and things you need. And he goes to enter the bath, and there are two ladies and a gentleman waiting for him. Uh-huh. You know, prepared to handle the bath, and the door closes. Yep. You know, and that was it. I literally left it at that. Yep. I didn't go into any detail. You know, and then the next morning, how was your bath? It was lovely, quite relaxing. You uh-huh. know, and that was it. Like it was left at, but it was left
0: with a door closed. uh tea leaf from uh, the second season here of Critical Role. Uh, you know, there's a there's a great scene where they went to a they got in their a first big payoff on a job and. Uh, they went to like the ritzy hotel in the rich side of town. And there was essentially room service that they could order. Mm-hmm. You know, there were there was staff there to tend to right. do whatever needs they needed. And uh, so Molly Mock, the flagrantly bisexual tiefling in their group, um, walked up to them and ordered some room service. He says, Can I have a plate of fruit and a masseur uh, you know, to, to to come to my room? Right. And she's like, Well, do you have any preferences? And he's like, Your best hands, your best conversation, surprise me. Right. And so a very attractive man and a very attractive woman with some massage oil and a plate of fruit came to his door and he was just like, "Hey, yeah, exactly. both, both of you, come on in, you know yes, yes. And then again, that like that scene didn't end right there. It, there was there was an aftermath where right. he walked in draped only in a in a in a, like uh, a toga a, ta- a tapestry essentially right. wearing it like a toga saying right. I am your god long may I reign yeah. which became one of his famous lines and right. offering what was left of the fruit plate right to them. right everybody knew what happened in there exactly but, you know but again it's, it was a great little skip and the fact that it was not told and left to the imagination right. Filled in so many more blanks for them than, than actually telling it would. Correct, you know. But then to to expand on that, if you're going to offer,
1: offer romance into that story, now you would have: is there a connection to those individuals after the fact? Does he hire them on as a hireling so that they stick around and now are have become kind of a concubine? You know, yeah. at that point, now there's now there's character story that's now they now if we, we go back to old DD standards, mm-hmm. now you have followers. Yeah, yeah. You know, and those did have value to you. you there's know? places you can go with it, right? So I would I I, I always want to go with the couple of rules I'm gonna say. Number one, decide whether or not It's good for the game setting. Does Mm -hmm. it fit your world? Does it fit your setting? Does it make sense to your plot and story to add this in? If you're doing an open world where lots of things are changing, like maybe really the plot isn't wrapped around a specific individual. They're all in water deep and Mm -hmm. it's things that are happening in water deep. Sure. Romances make sense in something like that. Because again,
0: it's very open, things are gonna change. Yeah. You're gonna have little plot interactions, but really they're not leaving water deep. And if yeah, exactly. And if you've got a solid foundation like that, then you've got time to put down roots and that's the big thing. You know. But yeah, if you're globetrotting across the across the countryside and the entire sword coast is your playpen, uh, maybe you know, may- maybe maybe what maybe you've got someone in Waterdeep to come home to every so and then exactly. Maybe they can take care of your holdings. Maybe that's a, a sort right. of thing. Or maybe there's something going on where you've got someone in Waterdeep and someone in Neverwinter. Exactly, you know. And that's and and I think that
1: adds a different layer to uh to the story so if you feel that maybe your char- one of your characters really is interested in doing this mm-hmm. that he's just like hey this character is kind of a you know a skip who goes and picks up women at every single port of call cad you know, that's the word i was there you thinking go, yes a, a cad. cad that is perfect <laughs> you know that there's nothing to says that you know your roving don mm-hmm. you know doesn't do this and in just has a lot of women who who he's connected with mm-hmm. you know your don juan type character as long as everybody else is comfortable with it and you can establish at what level you're going to accept the romance, then I think there's no
0: problem yeah. with that. And You can even add in little plots there too where like maybe a villain finds out about one and kidnaps her and then the other one is like, who's she? <laughs> exactly, but again, I
1: would still be weary of that because mm-hmm. again, you're moving into a liability phase. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. You never yeah, yeah. want your players to feel like they're creating liabilities unless it is a liability on paper.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. But but if they're being a cad about it, like I think you've it's already, a liability. You've at you've that ar- point. Yeah, you've already set the tone that this yeah. is a this is a dirty secret they don't want exposed, rather than a correct, rather than a true love that they will come home to. You know, you know I think Don Juan was very open about it, mm-hmm. and so it wouldn't have been in his case.
1: It may have caused liabilities on sure, the side, sure, sure.
0: but not with them directly. It's, it reminds me of a, uh, of a great quote from uh, one of my favorite movies, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson says, I make it my, my policy always to be frank and earnest with women. On the East Coast, I'm frank and on the West Coast, I'm earnest. Well, there you go. So he knows his <laughs> problems. So in short,
1: I think romance is something that can be brought into game. It can be scaled very well. But I think the, the biggest thing you can do is be open and honest about it and when things do come up that you're very clear. Mm -hmm. with your players and you're very clear with the definitions of how far you're willing to go. And don't go too far. I mean, there's a time and a place for that and that's not at the table with six other friends sitting around that you've known for 20 years.
0: Exactly. So,
1: all right. Did I exhaust that to
0: death? Well, I'll be exhausted. It, I will throw it's...
1: some links out there because I did find some amazing articles on this yeah. that I hope if you're thinking about doing this, read these articles. They're very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful people wrote some wonderful stuff. But I would love to get into some questions.
0: The uh, yeah, the, the great news is we're doing great on time, so yeah. uh, we got plenty of time for questions. Let's do this. Then. You wanna you wanna grab the first one, or you want me to? Go ahead. All right, so let's just start right off at the top of the list here. Sure. Technolich, uh, so Technolich is asking uh, uh, something that I've strived to include in my plots because it's a personal interest. Uh, is the inclusion of non-heteronormative romantic bonds between okay. characters. Uh, and they, by this, he means NPCs. You sure, never sure, sure. force romantic interactions on a PC, which right, is good. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, any tips on how to do that uh, and not ham fist it unless that's what you're into? I think ham
1: fisting any kind
0: of description
1: um, isn't important unless it's important to plot. Yeah. So, I, I, you know – that whether or not like you – know, like in your story, you mm-hmm. had uh, two we, – we went to the blacksmith and it was like the two maidens or something like that. Yeah. And it was literally a couple, two ladies. One was the smith and the other one ran the shop. Mm-hmm. And – there's was nothing hamfisted about it. It was just the scenario that was yeah. there.
0: The, the Nord, the Nord hit on the shopkeeper. She said, "Sorry, that's my wife back there hammering out your your full plate." And he went, "Oh, my bad. Yeah, you're lucky. You know." And, and, and that and, was it. And that was it. Right. It just walked away at that point. So my advice to you, um, as as a as a, a proud member of the LGBT community, myself, yeah. uh, uh, do it the way you would do any other relationship. Like yeah. you don't, if you don't hamfist heteronormative relationships, right. You don't have to hamfist, you know, non-heteronormative relationships. Right. You can just literally have two women or two guys or you know any Whatever. other any other, you know, gender Transverse combinations in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Likewise, um and un-
1: in- if there's a point important point to plot, for instance, you see the princess getting it on with quote-unquote her sister as you've discovered in plot, well, she's engaged to a prince. That's a plot point, right? Like that's not her sister that's her girlfriend
0: right and and now that's part of plot like yeah. who is she really what is really
1: going on there
0: but the alarming thing there should not be that she's kissing another woman Correct. it should be that she's kissing someone else regardless of gender when she's betrothed to, to the, the prince. prince exactly
1: and I think that's where things can get a little feel ham-fisted but really you're trying to expose plot-hmm you know and and and, and or like uh, um There was a great scene in a movie and I think it was Legally Blonde did it Uh where she's interrogating the witness Uh, and uh, so uh, she asks the witness because he's apparently been getting it on with like – the one woman who who's the main lead in it. And he's right. like, oh yeah, we do it all the time. You know, we're we're constant lovers. He's like, uh, so who's uh, Edward? Uh, he's he's just somebody. And the guy in the back goes, I'm just somebody, and gets up and storms out. and goes, No, baby, you're my lo- you know my love. You're, I'm I'm so sorry. And like you realize he's gay, uh huh. You know, and that he's had that partner for a very long time. So there's clearly no he doesn't have a relationship with her. Right, that's clearly right. a lie. You know, and so it's it, it's a setup. But it's necessary to show that, that her alibi was false. That his alibi and her alibi were screwed. Yeah. You know, yeah. in that scenario. So I think that is a
0: ham-fisted way of doing it. But it's for plot. Mm-hmm. You're driving it for a plot reason. And again, the important thing wasn't the wasn't the the no. the, 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 you know, the the relationship. The relationship. No. it was the fact that it busted their 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 alibi. Exactly. And plot moved on.
1: Exactly. All right. I think we got that one. All right, Sam. Uh, I've never thought about romance coming up in stories at all. So my main question is how do you incorporate opportunities for it or romance in general, I guess. Uh, this could very well be answered in the show and it kind of was. Um, so when you're thinking of including romance in a story, think about some of those things that I was telling you like is the person single? Mm-hmm. Or do they have some, some kind of an attraction to the players? And I wouldn't say expose it directly to a player but if you see a player who is interested in an NPC – Give them those avenues, show them through subtle ways that those are things that might be interested to them. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you've exposed no no different than a plot or a quest that's available. Like if you know there's a bunch of orphans sitting outside of a, a building that shows a sign that says you know that's been boarded up and they're all sad and lonely, obviously something's going on there, and you might go look at that plot and see what's going on with those kids. mm-hmm. If you see a shopkeep who's struggling in her shop, you know to, to you know she's she, things don't look really well done, and you know some of her stuff that's put out really isn't that great a quality, you know, and her hands are all chapped and everything, and you're like, you know, you're buying stuff from, him and you're like, hey, what's going on? She's, well, my husband died a year ago, and I've been doing my best with what's left of his stock, and I'm not great at making things, but. I, I'm really good at selling and I've always been able to keep things up but I I really don't want this shop to go away. It's it's my life. You have a hook. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. The hook is there. You know, it, can it go from that point? Sure it can go from that point. Yeah. But it's no different than any other plot hook. It's just a matter of Going through the list and if you need help, again, I'm going to put the list out there that this guy put up, which I thought was brilliant. He literally also has an extended list that I have a link for that literally just gives you NPCs with romantic books <laughs> and I thought it was brilliant and it's wonderful. So I will put that up for you, Sam. Uh, I think it's a great way to uh, to step into something like this if you're interested in doing it. You got anything you want to add to
0: that one? Uh, not really, no. Okay. Um. The, the only the only thing I, I think I, I might be able to add um is uh, – Know know your table, um, yeah. and so you know you don't want to drop romantic plot hooks in in front of someone that you know is just not going to be interested in a romantic plot, right? You know, uh, it's the discussion. So, yeah, like, for, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I really had a, a discussion with with the particular player that I am um, g- throwing romantic hooks at. Right, um, there was no explicit like, hey, this is going to happen, you know, right. blah blah blah, but. I know the player well enough and we've been friends for such a long time that I, I know that that discussion doesn't necessarily need to take place and I can drop a couple hooks. Right. And she's bit on them. And that's the thing is, is that yeah. you also have to listen to your players and
1: listen to how they react to situations. Exactly. And then you can set those for it. Like if yeah. you've got a player who's literally been hitting on every bar maiden at every bar. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that they're probably going to step into they're, something. They're, they're fishing know. for a hook, correct, you know, correct? On the
0: other hand, though, you know, newer players at your table, you may want to have that explicit discussion yeah. with, or you know, outright just not drop them hooks.
1: Yeah, I, I would say anyone new. Stay away from it. Yeah, because that's a direction you do not want to step into. And I would say, as first-time game masters, don't step into romance. It's one of the hardest areas to step into, it's and it's the easiest thing to stumble
0: in. It is the easiest thing to bleed into out of character oh, drama. So easy, so easy, so easy. Yeah. So, so. I, I would avoid, avoid, avoid if you're if if you're new to it. Until if it's you get, new, take un- your time un- until you get to know your table and you can and you can. Guarantee yep. a little maturity and and you've and,
1: got your curated group yeah, yeah never do it for a one shot never never do it for ever a one ever, shot. ever do it for
0: one shot it's too slow to be to be in one shot all right grab another one all right so the mad elf uh, would like to ask us how do you work with in game character relationships married characters or characters in relationships with NPCs first off character to character relationships I think
1: is challenging mm-hmm. um and and it really takes a lot of curation between them that's yeah. not something for the storyteller really to work with at all mm-hmm. um but I think between characters to nPCs like we had talked about, there's all kinds of benefits that can come out of that unless it's meant to be a liability and it's established well ahead of time that mm-hmm. it's going to be a liability yeah I think yeah. that's the difference there
0: uh I think I think it would only um allow married characters if they're married in real life or in their own relationship right agreed right agreed yeah I, I don't like the idea
1: of. Two players who are not connected mm-hmm. in a relationship outside of game, doing stuff inside of game, unless there's a crap ton of discussion about it. Yes, I mean there are. I've been at tables where that's happened, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh yeah, we we constantly have relationships between our characters, but it doesn't. Like I'm married to him, and he's married, you know, to this other guy. Right, right, right. You know, right. and that's just the way it goes. It's like, oh. All right. Well, as long as you guys are okay with it, I'm perfectly fine. But the moment that it gets weird, out. Right. You know.
0: Right. 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 So. All right. So uh, Knox in the box. Okay. I uh, would like to ask, how do you deal with the creepy Pepe Le Pew PC whose romantic overtures are creating actual discomfort in the group when they argue? It's just meant to inspire RP discomfort, or is that just how the character is? Uh. Well, first off, um, we li- we, we we generally game. … in uh, worlds where uh, unrealistic things can happen like consequences um, and uh, you know, powerful adventures and powerful magic items and stuff like that are a thing that are existing in a lot of our worlds. Right. So frankly, uh, whereas in the real world, a lot of times the Pepe Le Pew guy gets away with it because they, they're surrounded by enablers and whatnot, which they utterly should not be and it's a sad, sad situation um, … Also, Vorpal swords don't exist in our real world, but they do in D anD. d They do. So, if your creepy Pepe Le Pew character starts, uh, you know, making everybody at the table uncomfortable by getting all up in the uh, the barmaid's business, um, there's nothing saying that there isn't a tenth level adventurer kitted out with magic items who's going to stand up and defend her honor.
1: Nor is it any different than you talking to that player outside a game and saying, "Hey." You stab every NPC you show up at or try to rob every PC that comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, an NPC comes up, I'm gonna, I, I'm pickpocketing them. W- w- why do you do this? Why do you pickpocket every person? Well, I'm, I'm a thief. That's what I do. No, you're a kleptomaniac is what you are. Right. And none of the other players like a kleptomaniac. So they're asking for me to literally drop you as a player or kill your character. Yes. You know, I, I see no different there. You are disrupting the flow of the game mm-hmm. and making it uncomfortable for everybody else's name. That that puts you right out of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't need that at my table. I'm ha- I'm struggling enough to make sure that this game is continuing and everybody's enjoying themselves. If you're actively being an ass at my table, I will actively tell you to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 the way I take it. Like I don't like people. You know, if other people find that like you have a fop character who's foppish and open, there's there's a light way to play that, and there's a heavy-handed way to play that. Mm-hmm. And if people are uncomfortable, you have to be willing to dial back. If you're not willing to dial back, maybe it's time for a different character. Yeah. Maybe it's time to for a different step
0: away. character or maybe it's different time for a different game. Exactly.
1: I actually like this next question from okay. Overwatch. If you're ready move oh, on. Oh, as opposed to all the other Overwatch questions you didn't like? No, I meant on the table for t- – you know, whatever. <laughs> Do you feel the main NPC could pass a voight test? Now, if you're not familiar with that term – Yeah, I
0: had to have this one explained to me.
1: Uh, if you've seen Blade Runner, it's the machine that they're using to test whether or not uh, you're basically human or not. Um uh, what about supporting rosters, Merchant Street Urgens, and the like? Do you think the players would recognize this? And I think my 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 take on his question is: Are they real? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that your characters are real? Meaning, if they're if if you were to ask that NPC a challenging question about that's personal and designed to drive emotion, would they have an appropriate emotional response? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. you tell them that you know uh you know imagine you're talking you, you, you know world changes the merchant's sitting in a white room in a chair in front of a god, and he goes, "You're walking across the desert. there's a turtle in front of you, he's laying on his back, the sun's beating in his chest. If you don't flip him over, he's gonna die. like how do they react to that like if they're a machine, they'll just be like, "I flip it over." Mm-hmm. You know, no emotion, no feeling. That's just what they're going to do. And I think in that regard, we're saying, you know, are these uh, are these NPCs real enough to be like, oh my god, that's horrific, you know, or. I, I can't find myself in there. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. The turtle reference.
0: The turtle reference. You just gave – I did it. just I gave them everything it everything they wanted. Jesus. Everything they wanted. How does and this the happen? Chat, the chat goes wild. How does this happen? Every, we, we don't even get wrong. an air horn. It's <laughs> It's true. It's
1: true. <laughs> so, so their question really is um, would they have an appropriate response? Would they have an emotional response? Would they yeah. feel real? And I think that does – kind of lend to the romance aspect. You know, if a rich, you know, a wealthy, well-to-do noble comes wandering into a a nice merchant's home who has daughters, Mm -hmm. he may try and hook one of them up with him Mm -hmm. in some way because that's a huge thing. Like – that's something that could possibly happen. And that's, I mean, you look at video games, that does not happen. Like, no. if my character walks in and I have literally a million credits and my reputation is through the roof, yeah, I might get a little better prices out of him, but he ain't hitting on me and telling me his daughter's hot. Yeah. You know, that's that's literally the failure of those systems and you know that. But in reality, yeah, that probably would happen. Like, I'm sorry. You have some rich dude come busting in your house, you know, comes and bust in your You might swoon a little bit, uh-huh. you know, and that's what we're talking about. So I think you can have your players
0: recognize those kind of moments and see what it means to them. I, I think too, um, though, like – I don't know how I want to phrase this. But basically, I, I think you need to kind of forgive yourself for not – having NPCs with that level of depth
1: because oh, it, I agree it takes I, a lot of energy to.
0: and it takes a lot of uh, you know to like so I, I think there, there's there's a there's a uh, a thing and I don't I don't know the technical terms for it so I, I apologize for that but um, it's where you you can only quote unquote know 150 people. In, in life, Yes. like and actually know and know their name and yep. care about them. Like we as human beings only have the capability of caring about about 150 people or so. After that, people start to fall off. People yeah. start to you just you just don't register their names. You just don't re- register emotional responses for them. And if someone does come into that circle, y- you know you almost have to om- start omitting people. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's just, it's just something about how our brains work. Yep. Um, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a social commentary. It's literally just our brain's capacity to process people. right, And so I think the same thing kind of happens as storytellers with your NPCs. 100 you percent. your I agree. Your core NPCs, your main people in town, the, the, the people that they work with, the, the important yeah. nobles or important mages, guild yep. members or whatever, those are all going to be your like – you're going to care about their emotional responses to things yes. and you're going to give thought to what their responses might be, what their motivations are, what their passions right. are, their prejudices are and stuff like that. And so those are the characters that will yep. pass your white contest. test. Yep. But, like, rando shopkeeper that you just asked me what his name was and I looked down on a random list that I had scrawled down and said, oh, uh, this is Luke. Yeah. Uh, And Luke says, hi, uh, were you looking to buy a saddle today? Right. Oh, and I put Sneezy next to him because I do the Seven Dwarves thing. Yep. And so he sneezes and says, oh, I must be allergic to the poppies. Yep. All right. I don't care about him. You know. I agree. I agree. And unfortunately, we're getting our
1: one-minute timer, so we got to wrap this up. Yep, 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 yep. All right. So... You can
0: find us on Twitter at st underscore conclave. On Instagram, also at st underscore conclave. And on Discord, you can find the link anywhere on our Twitter feed and in the description of every podcast episode.
1: We'd also like to thank our Patreon members Knox and Sam. Especially, thank you so much. Big ever, shout Ever out. so much. We love you. We love all of our Patreon listeners, every single one of them. Tonight's music you're hearing is. Right now is White Feathers of a Little Angel by, and I can't you not, it's Ten Ow Yao 1 R O. That's literally it. Uh, the m- intro music that you heard briefly was uh, I Saw You Last Night by Madison Avenue. Both are available on
0: freemusicarchive.org. You really can't keep that voice up. I can't. So long, can I you? can't. We record every week in Podcast Detroit. You can find them online at PodcastDetroit.com, on Twitter, at Podcast Detroit. And a big shout out to our beautiful engineer caitlin oh yeah yeah we want to give a big shout out to our families vicky and sean we love you we do love you all of our friends who've gained with us over the years and every last one of our listeners